Welcome to Israel Bible Podcast. My name is Cindy Parker, and I'm an author, a speaker, and the professor of Holy Land Studies at Israel Bible Center. I am passionate about reading the Bible in the physical, historical, and cultural context of its day. And I love having geeky conversations with people. In this podcast, I'd like to invite you to join me as I sit down each week with other faculty members of IBC to discover new aspects of the Bible. These are some of my favorite dialogues because as a modern audience reading an ancient text, we know that the Bible does not need to be rewritten, but it needs to be reread. So far in the life of this podcast, I have focused on introducing you to the wide range of courses offered at the Israel Bible Center, and we will get back to that. We have covered some fantastic subjects, so if you do not yet like or follow this podcast on one of your favorite podcast hosts like Apple Podcast or Google Podcast, do so now so that you don't miss these conversations. During this last month, I introduced you to other resources available to IBC students, including roundtable talks. This week, I'm adding one more very interesting resource, the Hot Topics Conferences. These happen when a few of our faculty join together online to discuss a wide range of topics that are directly relevant to you now. One of the great things about belonging to this faculty team is that we all have deep respect for the biblical text, but we don't all agree on the application or interpretation of the text. So these can be fun conversations. I wanted to give you a taste of what was said in last month's conversation that was titled, Is Torah for Israel or for Everyone? The conversation was funny, scholarly, and full of a bit of interruptions and many arguments. I chose this bit of the conversation to share because you and I have been on our own sort of journey through different perspectives on the biblical text. Two episodes ago, you heard Dr. Nicholas Shazer and I talk about how words matter in translation and how hearing the English word law instead of teaching will influence how you perceive the Hebrew word Torah. And this part of the Hot Topics conference is related to that because before you can answer the question, is Torah for Israel or for everyone, you have to define your terms. What is meant by Torah? Who is Israel? Who is everyone? Let's start with Dr. Yeshaya Gruber. If I can so, jump in. I'm not, of course um, you can jump in. Nick, welcome I'm, back. I'm welcome reminded back. of a famous story from ancient Chinese philosophy, with which I think I began my course on exploring Jewish interpretation, exactly if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> so there's this man, uh, Zhuangzhu, and he dreamed that he was a butterfly. And he was flitting over the, the banks of the river Hao and um, fluttering around. And then he woke up. But when he woke up, he didn't know if he was Zhuangzhu, who had dreamed he was a butterfly, or if he was a butterfly now dreaming that he was Zhuangzhu. And I feel like we're in danger of getting into perhaps uh, somewhat of the same situation here. And so if I can uh, continue with my revolt a little bit, uh, with your permission, of course, Ellie. Um, granted readily. Yeah, yeah. So one thing, I, I agree with Nick, actually, that 
you know, Paul is a tough nut to crack in some ways. But one thing that's actually pretty clear in Paul's writings is that he makes a distinction between Jews and Gentiles. And he wants that distinction to continue. He doesn't think Jews should become Gentiles. He doesn't think Gentiles should become Jews. Okay, fair enough. So let's, let's take that as our assumption about Paul. But I go back to my earlier point that in order to understand his thinking, you have to understand his reception of the Hebrew Bible, of the Torah and the Tanakh. And our question tonight is actually not whether Gentiles become Jews or Jews become Gentiles or anything like that, but what about Torah? Is Torah for Jews or Gentiles? So if we're going to talk about Paul, he accepts there are these different categories of people, but how does he look at, or for that matter, how does the Hebrew Bible look at, or how do other writers of the first century look at the question of who Torah is for? So I think it's good if we just look at a few passages. Do you see what I have up on the screen or no? We do. Okay, excellent. So um, I just want to point out, well, I'll read it first. And since you cannot see what is on his screen, Dr. Gruber is going to read from Leviticus 24, 21 to 22, with a focus on verse 22. These verses come at the end of a long list of consequences for people who commit specific crimes. But Dr. Gruber is going to pull our attention to a very interesting detail that might not seem obvious to you if you're reading the Bible and it's not in Hebrew. Whoever strikes down a human being shall be put to death. One law, and here in Hebrew it's mishpat echad, so that could be translated as one judgment, actually, shall there be for you, for the sojourner, that's ger, that's the term that Pinchas and Nick were talking about, and the native, Ezrach, you got into that, Eli, alike shall it be, for I am Yudhevave Hashem, your God. So um, just a couple points here. First of all, there are these terms, and then the Septuagint translates them in a certain way. And so Jews of the first century, in general, Jews of the second temple period, would have been familiar with the way it was expressed in Greek. Um, notice here that when it, the translation is a little bit misleading. It says, one law shall there be for the ger and for the Ezrach. So sometimes people extrapolate that and say, oh, look, Torah is for everyone, exactly the same. That's not really what it's saying in context. It's saying that about this particular situation, if you kill, if you murder someone, the punishment, the mishpat, the judgment is the same for whether it's a, let's say, a native-born Israeli or member of the um, Jewish people. I mean, it's hard to pick words that accurately express the concepts of that time, but can, let's just say, you, Shia, Shia, can you or, just or a foreigner. This is not the word Torah. I think the next slide uses the word Torah, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But the word mishpat, which uh, is related to judgment. Um, so uh, it's kind of, uh, I mean, pe other people on the panel might have their own versions or disagree with me, but I would sort of translate this as, you know, whoever, uh, I'll paraphrase a bit, whoever commits a murder shall be put to death. One judgment or sentence shall there be for you, whether the ger, the foreign person who's in, within your community, or for the native person, the Ezrach, within your community. No, no, no double standard for this case. That's right. That's right. Um, now, I think it's important to go on to, to give uh, some context um, by just showing some other verses. Where Do you see the next slide? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. 
This next part comes from Exodus 12, 48 to 49, which reads, If a stranger shall sojourn with you and would keep the Passover to the Lord, let all of his males be circumcised. Then he may come near and keep it. He shall be as a native of the land, but no uncircumcised person shall eat of it. There shall be one law for native and for the stranger who sojourns among you. Now, listen closely to how Dr. Gruber distinguishes why the previous passage from Leviticus is different from this Exodus passage. It says one law down here, and it's going to be Torah Echad. So it's actually a different concept in Hebrew. It's the same translation in English, but a very different concept in, in Hebrew. Um, and it says, should a sojourner or ger sojourn with you and make the Passover offering to Hashem. He must circumcise every male of his, then may he draw near to do it. He shall be like a native of the land, like the Ezrach. But that's here. I didn't put Ezrach, but it is Ezrach. But no uncircumcised man shall eat of it. And then it says Torah Achat, which here you maybe could translate as one principle, perhaps, or one guideline, one almost normal, <laughs> but um, one principle shall there be for the native and for the sojourner, for the Ezrach and for the Ger. Now notice very interestingly that the one principle leads to different results in different cases. Mm-hmm. So if the Ger does not get circumcised, then he can't eat. So in that sense, he's not like the Ezrach. It's two different, it's a division between the Ezrach and the Ger, according to this Torah Achat, this one principle, this one law. But if the Ezrach, or I'm sorry, if the Ger wants to eat and participate in the Pesach, then he can be circumcised in this context of ancient Israel and join in. So again, it, it shows how these categories are presented. And by the way, I, I want to show one more if it's possible before we go back to Paul. But Paul is, in my view, obviously referring back to these types of things where he's saying that, you know, there are a certain category of people who are separated they couldn't participate fully in the community. And then he's describing how he views that participation in his own day for Jews and non-Jews who follow the God of Israel. Jump in, anyone. No, you're doing an excellent job by bringing out these points. I mean, it's, seeing it in context, it's, I think what you said is very clear. And I love it, Ishai, what you said, is that they have the same law, the same Torah, the same instruction, the same principle, but two very different outcomes. Mm-hmm. And somehow mm-hmm. Torah says that's the same. Exactly. Most people, yeah. most people, when they hear that, like, the, wait a minute, that's not the same. We should have equal everything. I'm like, no, the same principle, but two different actual observances, essentially. The second voice you just heard was Professor Pinhas Shear. And now the whole conversation moves on to Deuteronomy. I love Deuteronomy. It's one of my all-time favorite books for lots of different reasons they didn't have time to discuss. Well, basically because it wasn't a conference on Deuteronomy. But anyway, Deuteronomy 14 comes up. So this chapter is known for the list of what the Israelites can and cannot eat. And it all falls under the explanation from verse 2 that God's people were chosen and set apart from other nations. So within this context, verse 21 says, You shall not eat anything that has died naturally. You may give it to the sojourner who is within your towns, that he may eat it, or you may sell it to a foreigner, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. 
So here's another case. It says, you shall not eat any carcass to the sojourner, ger, within your gates, you may give it and he may eat it. So an ezrach cannot eat like an animal that dies by itself, but a ger can. Or you can sell it to the foreigner or the alien, the nochri, that's usually someone who's there temporarily, not dwelling there. And um, the, the Septuagint here, alotrios, is actually not the same exact word, but the same root, almost the same word as one of the ones that Paul uses in that Ephesians passage. So he was describing them as being foreigners, essentially. And, and then he says, for you are a set-apart people to Adonai your God, to Hashem your God. So here we see three categories of people, the Ezrach, the Ger, and the Nochri. And there's a clear division between what is permitted for one category versus what is permitted for another category. And we could go on and on with that. I just wanted to show the principle because there are also many regulations or parts of the Torah that talk about for example, what is permitted or not permitted to the Levite, as opposed to the rest of Israel. And then there are more specific things about the Kohanim, the priests, which are uh, even different from the Levites. And then there's even, there's even a special category for the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, who has even more stringent restrictions on his behavior. So when you start with the Hebrew Torah, you have many different categories. And there may be one principle but it applies differently to those different categories of people, even different categories within the nation of Israel itself, as well as to foreigners, sojourners, other non-Jews. Yeah, I think that's brilliant, Shaya. Uh, what you're sharing, that verse right there, Deuteronomy 14, I was hoping that you were going to bring that up, actually, because Eli asked the question about terminology. Well, here's terminology. We have very clear terminology of a native, then we have a ger, and we have a nochri, and they each treat it differently, and the, and the Torah applies completely differently to them. You know, do you eat something that has fallen dead of natural causes? If you're an Israelite, no, you're forbidden. But if a ger, he says you can give it to a ger, but to a nochri, you don't just give it, you actually sell it. Right. You know, there's a, you know, to a neighbor, and I actually love the, the fact that Septuagint translates the term ger here as proikos, because I think it's a better translator than presolutus. Other places that you showed that same term Hebrew ger was translated as prosolutus. I like poroikos because that means neighbor. That really what it means in, in, in Greek. And so if I was to find a better word for ger, I think neighbor would be it. Yeah. Can I just make, make a yeah. comment about that though? Oikos is like the household or the community. Right. Par is like next to it or next to it. aside from it. So it's again relevant to reading the later messianic writings first century jewish writings like paul and uh, in the gospels and so forth where he's saying there is this community and you are outside of it but in in some cases you are far away like the alotrios some cases you were just excluded but now you're being brought closer so anyway we'll get to that maybe no can i, 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 push, a bit, can I push you a little bit on this right there who knew word studies and translations could be so fun? And this was only a tiny sliver of the conversation they had during that conference. Of course, there are so many more nuances to this conversation. I didn't even play the part about the debates about Paul, but we've been talking a lot about Paul on this podcast, and I wanted to highlight these bits from the Hebrew Bible because they're foundational to the conversation about is the Torah for Israel or for everyone? 
you can have full access to this and other hot topic conversations as a student. See, there are so many reasons to sign up for Israel Bible Center's certificate program in Jewish context and culture. You have access to the extensive collection of courses, roundtable talks, and hot topic seminars. You can find us on the web at israelbiblecenter.com or click at the very bottom of the description of this podcast episode and you'll find the notes for this episode. And then you can just click on the link in the notes. It will only take three minutes tops to enroll in the program. Thank you to Jeremy McDonald with Mason Jar Music for mixing, editing, and crafting all the good sounds you hear. And thank you for being on this journey with me and being curious about the world of the Bible.